Hey friends, before we get into today's episode, I want to share with you another great podcast. No Straight Path, hosted by Ashley Menzies Babatunde, is brought to you by the HubSpot Network. By shedding light on the stories behind the shiny resumes, social media highlights, and job titles, No Straight Path aims to humanize success from the millennial perspective. Featuring guests from all walks of life, No Straight Path aims to inspire conversations around the nuanced perspective of success. An episode you might want to check out is Building Safer, More Equitable Workplaces with Lexi B. In it, Alexandria Butler, otherwise known as Lexi B, shares how professional theater classes prepared her to tap dance for the masses, despite being introverted by nature. And she also shares the unexpected introduction she had to the tech industry. Listen to No Straight Path wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Side Hustle Pro the podcast that teaches you to build and grow your side hustle from passion project to profitable business. And I'm your host, Nikayla Matthews-Okome. So let's get started. Before we jump right into today's episode, we have a quick word from Comcast Rise. This episode is brought to you by Comcast Rise. Check out our latest documentary, The Road to Rise, as we follow the lives of four small business owners all on a journey to achieve big dreams. We stop in four different cities to see how underrepresented entrepreneurs find success through the hype and the hustle. This is a documentary you don't want to miss. Because when small businesses succeed, we all do. To watch now, visit ComcastRise.com or say Comcast Rise into your Xfinity voice remote. Keep rising. Hey, hey, friends. Welcome, welcome back to the show. Today in the guest chair, I have Dominique Brown, a multi-hyphenate creative. She is the artist and founder behind Damo Inc., a lifestyle brand that contributes art, apparel, and home decor in celebration of diversity and empowerment. Her work spans illustrating art panels for a line of Samsung refrigerators to art directing a whole home decor line for Target. You've probably seen and purchased her work from Target, as a matter of fact. And in today's episode, she shares how her side hustle went from Instagram posts to Target stores, how she approaches conversations with major brands regarding pricing and licensing her art, how she manages the financial ups and downs of entrepreneurship, and so much more. Let's get right into it. All right, all right. So welcome officially, Dominique, to the guest chair. Hi, how are you? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for being here. As we were talking in the pre-show and I was just sharing how much I love your work and I've seen it for a while. And it's so, I'm so happy that I finally have you in the guest chair to share a little bit about your unique path and experience in side hustling. So let's take it back a little bit. You know, when were you first bitten by the side hustle bug? I feel like I've been bitten by the side hustle bug since like 2018. Mm. Uh, when I first started, I I was I wasn't really thinking. I was selling earrings and pins. I wasn't <laughs> even like thinking of selling my art prints. I didn't think that there was that big of a I guess a market for black art. So I just started selling some earrings and pins on Etsy, and it was bringing in some cash. And then eventually, I gave it up because I was like, okay, I, I really want to buy a house. I can't okay. buy a house selling earrings and pins on the side. <laughs> so I ended up doing two jobs. Um, okay. At one point, I was doing marketing for real estate. I was doing marketing for healthcare. 
So then eventually, like during the pandemic, I decided to give up the real estate job and then just focus on trying to pick up a side hustle, which is Damo Inc. now. Now, you have you always known you were an artist? Like I know some people discover the skill kind of accidentally. How long have you been an artist and when did you discover this talent? I feel like I've always been an artist, I can say. I feel like I've always been drawing. I, I remember like my first memory of me drawing was when I was in preschool. I was drawing this lady with like super long hair. Oh. I mean, if I probably saw the drawing now, it probably looks a mess. It's probably just like... <laughs> <laughs> but in your recollection, like, it was beautiful. Right? In my heart. Yeah, in my heart, I want to say it was gorgeous. It was yeah. Picasso-like. Um, but I remember my teacher was like, oh, this is so great. And I think like that like motivation, I kind of just kept me wanting to draw as a kid but then when I got to high school I really like took it on because I started I had like an AP art course I started going to USC for fine art classes so I really just took it on seriously in high school Oh, that's so awesome that you had those art classes. Shout out to great teachers and shout out to schools that keep their art programs. So you grew up in California, were able to take classes at USC. Then what was your career path from school to what you're currently doing? I'll say like, so when I was in high school, I took like, like I took one art class and then I ended up taking like, I can't even think it's probably like intermediate art. And I took it with this teacher. His name was Mr. Gil Strap. He was like, your work is really great. Because at first I was just in there goofing off in class, wasn't taking it serious. And I did one assignment and he was like, oh, this is this is pretty cool. So he put me in this program called Ryman Arts, which I would suggest to anybody. Yeah, Ryman Arts, R-Y-M-A-N. What's that about? It's, It's amazing. It's a good program for like high school kids. Um, they can go to, I don't know where the schools are now, but like when Mm -hmm. I was in there, it was like, you can take courses at USC, um, and you're taught by college, college professors on how to do like life drawing, I like just painting. They had a bunch of different courses and it, and also they had like mentors come in and speak to us and show us different pathways for us as artists. Like we can go, go work for Disney. We can go into animation. Like it was so many different options that they were showing us. And I think that really like gave me a path into what I wanted to do when I went to college. Um, so when I got to, I ended up going to community college first because I couldn't afford art school. I wasn't going to go in debt. So <laughs> I went to, I went to Mount San Antonio. Um, and I studied graph design. I got my AA in that. And then I did my next two years at Cal Poly Pomona and communication. That was like the back way route into going into marketing. And then after that, I went to Cal State Dominguez Hills and got my MBA. So first of all, I love what you shared about that program. And that's why programs like that are so important. And and we will link to that. Hopefully we can find it because exposure is everything, right? Like I just discovered the other day or uh, another guest on the show talked about like Disney Imagineers, you know, like I didn't even know about that career path or that's what they call their creators, so you can't be what you literally don't know. You And, and if you only think, yeah. oh, an artist is painting for museums, like you don't realize like there are all these different ways you can use your gift. Yeah, absolutely. I think like one of the like part of the program, they had it to where you can go to Disney Animation Studios and they do a portfolio mm-hmm. review. And I just brought my artwork and they had gave me like good marks. And I like really like pushed me too. I was like, oh, maybe I could be an artist. Yeah. Um, I just got to figure out which path I want to go in. And I just chose the more, I wanted to go into marketing. So once you went into marketing, at what point did you say, I want to also sell my artwork on the side? 
I think well, I think about the success of Etsy. Like when uh-huh. I was selling the pins and earrings, I was so once once the pandemic hit, I was like, okay, I have time. I mm-hmm. I'm in the house. Like I'm working remote now, so I decided to start selling my artwork on Etsy just to see. I just wanted to see what was going to happen, and people started buying. Um, and then I ended up creating my own website which is domoinc.com mm-hmm. and people started shopping there and then I started like going through like like third party vendors to try to to license my artwork and it just caught on so it was at first it was like a little side hustle I thought it was going to be like nail and hair money um, but then it ended up turning into yeah like that's what I was thinking I was like hey I get my hair done you know I love that you I said that because so. that's how I always start any side hustle like alright this will be my money for you know my play money like you yeah. know Uncle Sam will get his cut and then the rest is my play money like that's that's how yeah, side that's hustles how I at it. <laughs> yeah I didn't think yeah I didn't think it was going to blow up to where I was making more money in my side hustle than my own job i didn't think it was gonna go that way and before we get back into that i want to know more about the name because it's obviously a play on your name but it's also related to the materials you use for your art right yes it was i had went through like a thousand names i couldn't figure out what (laughs) i wanted to name myself so i know my dad is always he he said i owe him because like so i was thinking i was like damo and ink and then uh-huh. he was like, what about Damo Inc.? And I was like, I love that. So he always tells me, like, he owe me. He owe me you for owe that. me, so. yes. <laughs> I love that. Shout out to dad. And then you also yeah. mentioned licensing your artwork. So what does that mean in the world of art? And what's the process? Okay, so... I think a good thing as an artist is that um, if you can't beat them, join them. So for me, as I, I just had to join the wells, you can say, like Society Six, I Canvas, or you know, just trying to license my artwork through like Home Goods, okay. um, because obviously those marketplaces have more exposure, they have more advertising dollars, and also at the same time, like even though I'm selling through them and I'm getting less because of the commissions they're paying. Yeah. It's also, it's advertising for my own business without me having to spend any money. Um, so people will go on Society6, they'll see like a limited selection of my artwork. And yeah. then they're like, oh, let me see what else she got. So then go to my Instagram or go to my store and see I have way more to offer. And then they'll purchase through there. Oh, I didn't even realize that was what that's kind of, I mean, obviously you have to give some rights to use your work. But yeah, that is cool. I've seen lots of artists on Society6 and done just that. Like, well, let me see what else they got. <laughs> oh, yeah, you have to. I think, I mean, like some artists don't want to, you know, because, yeah. you know, it's kind of like you have a risk of your artwork getting stolen, you know. Right. But I think for me, I think it's just kind of like an even exchange. This is part of what I'm getting myself into. Because um, people can still my artwork off of my Instagram easily, yeah. too. But it's been very helpful. And at the same time, like Society6 has allowed, like, also license my art licenses my artwork to like other spots as well like they'll sell my artwork through like let's say like urban outfitters like society states helped me get into that um so it's been really helpful so what was your first brand partnership for your art i think it was jiggy puzzles so i had reached out to them because i saw that they were collaborating with other black artists online mm-hmm. and i just sent them an email i was like hey what about me you know <laughs> i sent And then it was like a few months before like the ball got rolling and I had talked directly to the owner. She was like, Hey, 
I really like your work. Let's collaborate. And then she chose my art piece, which is Cali Views, which is totally different. Like a lot of the artwork that she was selling at that time was like more like portraiture work. And yeah. me, it was just literally a parachute floating in the, in the sky with the background of like California and abstract way. And yeah. it went really well. Like I think it was like a, one of like probably a good top seller for Jiggy Puzzles because they started selling it in stores. It was good. It was a good oh, collaboration. Nice. So how do you go about your collaboration so that you're benefiting financially while also not having to do all the heavy lifting? Because it seems like that's the goal of a collaboration, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think the the best thing as an artist is to always make sure it's non-exclusive. But if they want exclusive rights, like make sure you get your money for it. Do not settle for like a thousand dollars for exclusive design like make sure you get paid um so most times i've always go for non-exclusive so i keep right so then i can sell them elsewhere some artwork other places got it so when did the target start knocking and how did you as an independent person doing this from home meet that kind of demand it was actually really crazy i think it was like cool in a way because jiggy puzzles is what really led me to that collaboration mm-hmm. so one of the buyers had bought one of the puzzles from jiggy which is the cali views ah, one of and the target buyers yes yeah, one of the target okay. buyers crazy enough so he loved it he had it on his wall and he reached out to me and he was like hey i like your work let's talk so it wasn't like an easy process i would say because i had to pitch to target still like you know like my work i have to show like my revenue i had to show like what kind of products i can offer and since i am a small business i couldn't go and make fifty thousand, you know mugs and plates and cups so I had worked with a distributor to create everything. So like shout out to Design Works Inc. They are a really cool distributor to work with and they were able to create everything and ship it out to Target without me having to really do anything. I just had to give them my art files, you can say. Nice. So one, how did you find them? Was just a simple like Google taking a chance or did you know an artist who worked with them already? Oh, no, they're a trusted distributor of Target. They oh, had, okay, they, okay, okay. Yeah, so that's how it works. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I, I think like I think like other black owned brands too, when they do the collaboration with Target, they work with like distributors. Cause it's such it's a lot. Um, and then also it I guess it allows like also the, the brands like so then like you don't have that stress of trying to make sure it gets to Target right. and within a certain time. Yeah, I always wonder that. Like, how are these products being made? Who's making them? Who's making them? Who's sending them out (laughs) to customers after we press order? So that's really good to know and and good that there's that support that Target knows to have that so that they can actually take on these kind of brands and then help them to do fulfillment. Now... I want to dig a little bit deeper here because I'm so fascinated by this. I'm fascinated by this world like of art and you starting this side hustle and, and doing your designs. So how do you stay inspired in a world where as you, you do something really well, other people start to adapt your aesthetic and copy your vibe, so to speak? Mm-hmm. How do you stay inspired to create fresh new designs? I think it's, I, I feel like for me, I've always, I guess with me having a background in graph design, like I guess yeah. me always doing courses, we're always taught to always kind of like look into like, let's say like a design website or even like a pin, like Pinterest, you can go on yeah. Pinterest, you can go on uh, a website called Dribble, there's another website called Behance. Um, I'm always just trying to find inspiration. I, like mm-hmm. so if I'm having like, like severe artist block, I'll go to an art museum 
to just walk around to see how other people are designing. I think as an artist, the best thing I have done is the thought of like, there is no original thought. There is no original art piece. There is always someone that came before you. So you're always Mm -hmm. pulling from some inspiration. So I think that's what helps me a lot with not trying to be like, okay, I have to be the most original artist. Because there really, there's no such thing. <laughs> it's just about, it, it's just creating, you know? It's right. really just about just expressing yourself. Yes. I love that you said that because one, yeah, I think there's so many quotes about that, right? Like good artists steal and stuff like that. And it's not like mm-hmm. literally like about stealing, but it's about the fact that, you know, people who think that they're so creative and they came up with everything on their own are really just delusional <laughs> because no, it, is. it seeps I, into I, I your do. subconscious. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I, I, it does. It's like when I see artists do that, they'll post and be like, oh, my yeah. God, this other artist stole. But it's like, where did you get your idea from? Yeah. You know, you, you had to get inspiration from right. somewhere. You had like, to even get though it. like there's still like a twist to what you're doing, you're still pulling from somewhere, someplace. Yeah. And, and by essence of us just having our own minds, like, of course, your interpretation is always going to be different. So that's where the beauty comes from. But yeah, we're all inspired. We're, we're all pulling from things that we have seen subconsciously and consciously. So I love that you yeah. say that. And another thing I've heard you mention that a lot of brand collabs came from you posting on your own Instagram page. How did that work? And how did you know to do that? I think for me, I'm always trying to save money in a sense. Like, I think... <laughs> save so, here. For me, like... <laughs> I am, yeah, I think, like, for me, like, I like I had done Facebook ads before and yeah. they're expensive. Yeah. So I was like, okay, what about you try to do, like, organic posting? Like, try to just, like, post pictures, you know, especially mm-hmm. now with TikTok now, everything's on video. So I try to just think of different ways to just advertise my artwork. It could just be it could just be me just fixing stuff around the house, but at the same mm-hmm. time, I'm still advertising my work, which works for me. Because um, with Instagram Shop, um, you can just tag your products. But also, some of my videos go viral. Like like a good instance is like I had did a drawing of Martin Luther King and crayon, and it went viral on TikTok. And Bleacher Report reached out to me, and they're like, "Hey, can you do a drawing of UNC's head coach for their basketball team?" So I did I did an illustration of them and it worked yeah. out for me. How do you know what to charge? Like this is new territory, right? Like how are okay. you pricing yourself to make sure you're not being taken advantage of by these huge brands I, too? Oh yeah. I think a good thing I learned, like I, I had reached out to a, a artist. Um, his name is Charlie Palmer. So shout out to him. I I he was like my mentor and when I had won a grant to the Lakers, it was like a ten thousand dollar grant plus a mentorship with him. So he's like he's a way more established artist than I am um so I had asked him I was like like, how do you approach brands like for deals and stuff you know a brand will reach out and say like what's your price Mm. so I think the best way is to flip the script on them and say what's your budget um by asking what their budget is it allows you to know how much they're willing to pay you and then uh, and then after they kind of give you that budget then you try to go into the in the direction of like negotiating with them like all right you want to offer me this how about just a little bit more and see how, how far you can go? Flip the script on them. Y'all hear that? What is your yeah, budget? Flip it. <laughs> yeah, what is I your mean, budget though? Right? <laughs> I mean, I like even something that you learn, like even like if like, so you're working like for your mm-hmm. salary, like they might say like, oh, like what is your, like what's your salary you're looking for? You say, yeah. what's the budget for the position? You don't want to, you don't want to be like, oh, I- I'm fine just getting paid 50,000 and they right. really had 120 waiting for you. Yeah. So you don't want to set yourself up. I'm so glad you brought it back to the salary because this applies everywhere. It applies everywhere. Yes. And all the while you're doing this, you're still selling from your own website, right? Yes. 
how do you manage a fulfillment with that? Are you using the same supplier to do your own website too? No, I I try to think smart. I think with me, especially when trying to do the whole nine to five life. Yeah, yeah. Um, at first, I used to do my own prints, and like it would be like me and my fiance, we would do prints together and stuff. Yeah. And it just it was just not it just wasn't healthy. <laughs> Right, you're trying to make it sound like it was a date night, but no. No, it's not. It's not because it's not fun. I think for me personally, it was not fun doing orders because there's a lot of stress behind it. Okay, like is this package right? Is actually going to make it there? You know, Mm -hmm. so I ended up just switching it to where my items are being handled by third party vendor. Like I Mm -hmm. use like like print on demand apps like let's say like Printify, Printful, Mm -hmm. and they handle everything for me and make it makes sure that the, the that my customers are getting the right product right. and the quality. And, you know, I just don't want them to get something that's like, I know she shipped this from her house. Like she wrapped this in a target bag. I <laughs> want it to look professional. So that's yes. why I use something like that. How do you manage the quality though? Like making sure that it's not like faded looking or anything like that once they print it. Oh, I think the best thing is like, like for like other creatives, I think it's good to like order samples. Mm-hmm. So if you're looking into selling your artwork on a sweatshirt, you know, have Printify, Order, order a sample from them, a sweater or a hat, art prints, anything from them, you get it. Because they also give you a discounted price as well. Mm-hmm. So you can see what it looks like. And then, hey, even, even if you don't like it, I mean, it's still your work. So yeah. you can still use it in a way. Um, so I think that's the best way to make sure that the quality is good. Okay. Yeah, I got to get those samples. Now, your side hustle started exceeding your full-time salary. Yeah. So how did you feel when that happened? And, and what did you do next? I think for me, it, it let me know that I was limiting myself in a sense. I think before I was trying to sell my artwork, my mindset was that I'm going to get my MBA. I'm yeah. going to go do marketing until I finally have enough money to retire. Like I, I, my mind was very simple. Like I was just a nine to five girl. That's it. I go home and I'll chill. But I think with the pandemic and just working from home and then just having the side hustle, it really taught me that I can have a very soft life. I didn't, I don't need to be driving up and down the road in traffic and <laughs> sitting in an office for eight hours. I really was like, I can have a more simple life. So I think that's, I mean, even though my life isn't simple, I saw the draw and everything, but I just like that I can just be at home and yeah. just relax. I just love it so much. And then of course, other people were working from home, right? So that was good for your business. Everyone all of a sudden yes. wanted to decorate their spaces, make these, like like myself, closet office with decor in the background. How did you see that impact your work? It was very helpful. It was, um, I think also too, with the whole like George Floyd and Breonna Taylor murders, um, it definitely put a big focus on Black-owned businesses. As you saw, a lot of brands were highlighting artists. They can do like, they'll maybe do like a little small brand deal with them. Like they'll do a drawing for a social media post or they might even do like a more bigger com- campaign like old navy was doing by having artists do illustrations for t-shirt designs um so it was a huge huge boost for black owned businesses during during the pandemic um and then also too like like you said with people being at home they want to decorate their office space they want to decorate their home because they're stuck in the house now right. um so it was definitely a huge revenue boost for a lot of us once the pandemic kind of started to taper down and people had to go back into the office, well, some people had to go back into the office. Did you see a shift in your revenue? Oh, it definitely was a shift. Um, I will say like some artists had reached out to me and they're like, 
Like, how, how how is your bank account looking like? So, you know, so I was like, yeah, it, it, was, it definitely a shit because people have to go back to work. But I think for me, I, I think with me always, like for me, I have worked like 10, 15 jobs in my life. Like, I'm 29 right now. I have worked a bunch of jobs. So my mind has always been like, okay, if something's not working, you got to shift. You got to switch mm-hmm. it up. So for me, I was like, okay, so the store is slowing down. What do I do now? So I went into the the path of just doing brand collaborations. I was just doing outreach to companies and saying, hey, do you need something? Do you, you want to bring something different to your campaigns? You know, let yeah. me know. You know, it's a lot of just cold emailing and stuff, but you never know what might happen. I think that's, I think that's also something I learned too by working in real estate and marketing. It seemed like yeah. the real estate agents doing cold calls and cold emails, even though 90% of them may not lead to nothing, but at least right. that 10% will lead to something. So I think when we just switch into brand collaborations while still selling my stuff mm-hmm. um, online is, is kind of just kept me afloat to where it, the, the recession isn't really hurting me in a way, okay. or people going back to work, you know, you can yeah. say. All right, y'all, it's time to get out of spreadsheets. If you're still using spreadsheets to keep track of things, let me introduce you to HubSpot CRM. With HubSpot CRM, get real-time data at your fingertips so your team stay in sync across the customer journey. Track your contacts and your customers, send personalized emails in bulk, and get the contacts you need to create amazing experiences for your teams and your customers at scale all from one powerful platform. It's why more than 150,000 companies already use HubSpot CRM to run their business better. Plus, HubSpot's user-friendly interface sets you up for success from day one, so you can spend less time managing software and more time on what matters, your customers. There's no better time to get organized. Get started for free at HubSpot.com today. So in the pre-show, we were talking a little bit about how this entrepreneurship life, this side hustling life, it is, there are moments where, you know, you work for yourself. There are moments like you, where you go back and stack up some more cash, <laughs> right? Yeah. So you've experienced that too. So where are you now in that journey? I think I'm doing well. I, I have sales every day. I can't complain, I could say. I feel like as a business owner... I can, if, if I don't want to work, I'm fine. You know, if I don't want to do a nine to five, I, I can survive. And I, and I always count my blessings every day that I'm in this position because I know that there's a lot of artists who are struggling to get sales at this point because of the, there's no boost no more. There's nobody right. putting us on anymore just because we're black, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so I just been really chilling. Also, I just, um, I guess for me, just being a broke college student too. Uh, when I was younger, <laughs> I've always been about saving. I am yes. always about saving. Like I think, like when I really started making money with my art, mm-hmm. I had a friend. She was like, "Girl, why don't you go and buy you a Gucci purse, get you some <laughs> Chanel or something?" I was like, Mm-mm. "I was like, no, I'm not living like that." I was like, "I don't live like that. I live bare minimum. Like I'm yes. not doing it. Like I just." I, I always call myself like, like a cheap date. Like I'm like, hey, you take me out, I get some food. I'm like, like I don't, I don't do nothing fancy. Like I'm just like, I like live my life simple. Because then, especially Smart. like right now with like with layoffs going on, yeah. recession going on, I like to know I have a savings to where like, hey, I can, I can weather this storm if I need to. Oh yes, got to, got to. And you also have the choice. Like if you decide, oh hey, I'm home and I actually have a lot of free time maybe I could do both and get even more money. Like, do you ever think like that? 
I do. That's why I, I, that's why I always still did the nine to five life while still doing my artwork. Um, mm-hmm. because I, my mindset is always like, okay, like I, I, I want to save money. Um, with me having a house now that we bought our house in 2020, my mindset is like, Hey, if we can get this house paid off real quick, I don't have to do any, like, we don't have to work as hard, you know, house yeah. is paid off. Then we can focus on traveling more. And, you know, I just, my mindset is always like, just trying to save and just think about the next investment. Yes, I feel you. Like, I just always like in stack mode to the point, though, where I'm like, I have to balance it. And of course, like, you know, you want to enjoy the present. You want to celebrate your wins. And, you know, you have a whole like line in Target. Like you, you go to Target.com. Your your name is popping out at you. What does that feel like? <laughs> I think it's. It's surreal. Like I yeah. thought, like okay, I used to work at Target when I was yeah. like ten years ago, exactly, which was really weird. It was like, like oh wow. So I was like eighteen, nineteen. I can't recall, but like yeah, I guess I was like I might have been eighteen. I, I gotta look again, but I was eighteen and I was a terrible cashier. Like I was a college <laughs> student. Like yeah, I was bad. Like I was just like. I, I, I guess, like, you know, as a kid, you're not really thinking about, like, the future. You're just trying to get some money and just enough money to just be able to buy clothes at Forever 21, you know, just just live simple. Um, So, like, they would call me and they'd be like, hey, do you want to come in, pick another shift? I'd be like, nope. Like, <laughs> or, you know, I was just like, I was yeah. just like, I was just, at, I was just there. I wasn't going to do nothing extra. I'm like, I'm here to ring up people. That's it. Don't ask for nothing else. <laughs> so when I got when I got let go, I was like, I'm definitely on Target's fan list. Like they'll never call me for anything. So when they had called me to have my brand Domo Inc. inside of Target, I was like, I'm like, okay, I guess you haven't looked at my track record, but okay, <laughs> we just get that. <laughs> Guess you haven't cross checked. <laughs> right. I'm like, hey, you know, you know, don't, I'm like, don't say nothing, you know. <laughs> Well, I was like, so yeah, I ended up telling them, I was like, you know, I used to get Target as a cashier. So like, this is like a big moment for me because it showed like the past doesn't, doesn't reflect your future in a sense. Like you can really change your life around to where you can become a hard worker. Cause I was definitely a hard worker back then. So it's, it's just, it's a really good, like a feel good moment. It's still weird. Like I have like friends from like all over like the U S like I had <laughs> a friend like out in, out in uh like near like near the Detroit area and she was like look at your mug I see your mug right. I, like, it was it's just so weird in a sense you know just to see how far I came um but I'm definitely living in a moment right now because I'm just it's it's really cool to know like how like how hard you work can really yes. lead to something I'm sure it's surreal at times, but just well-deserved. I mean you're just so talented and Thank and you. your work is so so beautiful. So I'm curious to know, knowing all the things you know now about business and fulfillment and pricing, if you had to go back in time and do anything differently, what would that be? I would say I wish I would have posted early, like started posting my artwork early on. Mm-hmm. I wish I would have built that confidence at first. I think like as like when I got out of high school, I was scared to use hashtags. I didn't want to look thirsty or anything like, I was just scared of what people would think of me but I really wish that if I went back in time I would I wouldn't have thought about that like I because I feel like I probably may might have had more more of a art career by now if I would have did it early but at the same time I'm like maybe maybe I had to go that way I had to go do the be a marketing person I had to go to college do all these different things 
to build up to where I'm at now. But I would definitely, probably my biggest lesson is just like, don't worry about people's opinions. Just do you like make, do what makes you happy from day one. Don't think about no one else. That is like one of the key things for this side hustle journey. Cause when you're side hustling, people know you for one thing. They know you probably for your career. And so when you start showing this other side of yourself or just doing it more, like showing that you're taking mm-hmm. it seriously, it's easy to start to worry like, oh, what are they going to think? They're going to think I'm thirsty. I'm always posting this all the time. Like if you yes. can ignore that human need to feel embarrassed about what people might allegedly think, like you will get so far. If you can push past, that's like a little test. If you could just get past it that is. test, there is so much waiting for you on the other side, including a lot it more is. money, y'all. <laughs> Yeah, that will definitely tell people. Like, I have friends. They're like, I want to be a content creator. I want to do modeling, or you know, do it. I'm like, then you need to post. Do it. Yeah. Like, you have to reach out to people. I'm like, I don't know what you gotta do. Show up at the spot that you try to model right. at. Send them your portfolio. Like, right. you just have to do it. Like, you, you have to get past that embarrassment. Because I will say, mm-hmm. like, at first it was kind of cringe yeah. trying to reach out to brands and stuff, but it's really not that bad. Like, you know, you might get a no, like maybe in the future it might be a yes. So yep. I, I, my mindset is always like, Hey, like every time I post, it's just literally just like, you never know who's watching. You just, you just have to do it. You just yep. have to get over it. You can't, you just have can't to get think over about it. it because yeah, because people are going to judge you regardless. Like even if I don't post nothing, I could just be posting a picture of me just sitting at the beach. There's somebody that's going to be like, I don't like that picture, but who cares? Because you're really just doing it for yourself. You just have to do things for yourself. It's so true. And so we'll we'll keep emphasizing that message over here inside Hustle Pro Land because I know, myself included, we need to hear it more than once. It's that just blinders on, ignoring the peanut gallery. Now, as you move forward in life, what's your vision for Domo Inc. and for your life? I really want to grow Domo Inc. to be more like, just be a bigger lifestyle brand. I think right mm-hmm. now, I think I'm just doing, like, just working. I haven't been able to really grow the products. I really want, mm-hmm. like, like with, with the Target line, yeah. it showed how much more I can do with Domelink. Like, with the with the paint kits, like, the paint mm-hmm. by number set. Like, like, I would love to have more paint by number sets. It's my own company. Like, yeah. um, not just be that exclusive deal with Target because people have been reaching out to me, like, Hey, I saw you have the Queen is Black. Can we get a King is Black paint set? Like, I would love to have a man version of it. Yeah. And also, just like, I just want to just be able to just offer more to people. Like, I want to be selling candles. I want to be selling. Yeah. I, I would let us like, learn how to do some patterns, sell some furniture on the side of this Donald yeah. Ink. I just want it to be like just like a space to wear, like a one stop shop for mm-hmm. people of color to just find all home decor, apparel, yes. gifts just grow into something bigger and then like I guess for me personally as an artist because I do artwork on paper I really want to get into art galleries I really want to build my value up as an original I with my originals as well like when I did CNBC I also saw my originals for thousands so I'm like okay if I can sell a piece for five grand what about in the future I can sell a piece for 50 grand like there's just so much potential for me and I just really just want to just keep building on it it's funny that you mentioned the lifestyle space and there's so much potential, right? How do you balance deciding what to do first? There's You have to have some level of focus and concentration, right? So how do you decide mm-hmm. how many products to keep on deck on your website so you're not overwhelming your customers? 
I think for me right now, I just been trying to like take it slow. I think at first, when I first started Dumb Week, I was just throwing stuff. I was just throwing <laughs> anything on the website. You know, yeah. it just wasn't, I just felt like it just wasn't looking cohesive. So I'm trying to like slow down and look at my product listing, try to fix the ones I still have, like with well, the current ones, um, and just try to promote those as I like, keep introducing new products. I think I was always just trying to, I'm just trying to think smaller in a sense mm-hmm. so then you don't feel overwhelmed because like now mm-hmm. i have like so many things i really want to do with dumbling but i'm like if i try to take it all on right now i'm not gonna get anything done so yes. i'm just trying to just do like one thing at a time so right now i'm just trying to like just make new designs um to put on like I, right now i really want to start like i want I, my, my, well, my, i can't even say it I really want to start like a bathroom line so right now I've been renovating my bathroom so I would really love to like create like rugs bath towels yes that's what I'm trying to go into Oh, that's right up my alley. Like, I literally just posted on my personal lifestyle channel, my bathroom refresh. Like, I love a bathroom. Okay. I love yes. decorating a bathroom. So when, oh, it's, when it's here, let me know. <laughs> okay. Well, I, that is really what I'm working on. Like, my mm-hmm. mindset is just like, what can I add to a home? Like, yes. so like, that's, so right now it's the bathroom, the next be kitchen, living space. I'm just always trying to think of the next thing. Um, but definitely trying to like be more um, aware of what I'm doing instead of just giving people anything. I'm just trying to think about like my customer base, like what would they want in their bathroom? Right. What would they want in the kitchen or the living room? Yes. And it just shows you how big, the opportunity is because I mean, if you can, you're selling out lines for Target and it just goes to show the key ingredient is you, right? The key ingredient is you. So you're the lifestyle brand. You are the creator and you can take it anywhere you want to. But shout out to Target. We love Target, right? We love the distribution and the the reach of them. But but at the end of the day, you are the main ingredient. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate that compliment. Um, yeah, it, it, my my dream is to, I will say, like, I would love to be in Target 365 days a year. Like, that's yes. what I'm currently trying to work yes. on. Um, so it's just about, like, how do I get my own distribution center? Mm-hmm. How do I do my own thing? You know, so then when I reach out to these brands, I'd be like, all right, you don't have to do none of the heavy lifting. I have a warehouse in the back. Like, yep. let's do this. What do you need? You want some plates? Yep. You want some mugs? Let me know. So then I can just get it going. So right now I'm in this like building phase. So I'll okay. say I'm in my mixtape era. And hopefully <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I think it's more than mixtapes, but I get what you mean. You know, oh my, yeah. you know, maybe I got my first album. Target right, the first, right, album, first album. So now I'm trying to get to <laughs> Right, right. <laughs> So we're going to transition to the lightning round. You just answer the very first thing that comes to mind. Keep it short and sweet. Are you ready? Yes. All right. First question. What is a resource that has helped you in your business that you can share with the Side Hustle Pro audience? Have someone, you to have someone to help you. I will say like, have someone that's in your corner that supports you. That is so helpful because that keeps your mind right. Because when you're just sitting there by yourself, you can easily start doubting yourself, self-doubting. Number two, who is a Black woman entrepreneur who you would want to switch places with for a day and why? Jackie. I can't say I think it's like Jackie Anna. Jackie. Anna. Yep, yep, yep. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was with her. Her home is gorgeous. She's literally just in her house putting 
uh, just vacuuming. On the, on the, <laughs> vacuuming, and then she literally just throw the candle in the corner, and she's like yes. forever mood. That's yes. what I'm like. I want that easy life. That, yes. That's what I want. Yeah, she's probably. I mean, her life, her life right. is way more hectic. We, we don't know what, what's behind the so scenes cool. for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's strategic, <laughs> and it's also a brand that's been built on taking time to form that community and that audience. Yeah. A lot to learn from her for sure. Number three, what is a non-negotiable part of your morning routine? Coffee. I need mm. coffee. Number four, what's a personal habit that you think significantly helps you in business? Every single day, I try to like just hit one goal of like, okay, like, did I at least make a new picture? Did I, yeah. did I make a post? You know, I'm always just trying to set a goal to do something that makes me feel like, all right, I did something in my day. Like I got something done. That, like, that's fulfilling. And then finally, number five, what is your parting advice for fellow women entrepreneurs who want to be their own boss, but are worried about losing that steady paycheck? Ooh, that is tough. I will say before you give up your nine to five, it's like, mm-hmm. make sure you have the savings, make sure that your business has a foundation. Cause you really want to be able to be in a position, like when you're running your business, that let's say if someone of, of a brand or it could just be even like a, just a company just wants to partner with you yeah. and you don't want to be in a position where you get taken advantage of because you don't have the income. Mm-hmm. So I would say always make sure before you quit your nine to five, make sure that you are financially stable to where if something comes up that's a scam or it doesn't fit right with your soul, you have the option of saying no. I think yes. that's the best thing. That, that's what makes, that's what keeps a side hustle or your true hustle or this full-time hustle enjoyable to where you're not yep. feeling like I'm getting scammed for the dollar. Yep. Love it. So Dominique, where can people connect with you and Damo Inc. after this episode? Oh, perfect. Uh, so yeah, if you want to shop my artwork, home decor, apparel, and more, you can shop my website, which is D-O-M-O-I-N-K dot com, which is com, And you can also find me on Instagram. It is Snoop Doggy Dom. It's a <laughs> Snoop Dogg, that. obviously. <laughs> but it is, <laughs> but I'll slow it out for you. So it's S-N-O-O-P-D-O-G-G-Y-D-O-M. Um, also, you can find me, you can find me everywhere. So like, I feel like, I'm, but like my, those are my two main spots. And also on TikTok as well, which is yep. TikTok.com at Dominique. So reach out to Dominique, find her online, shop her whole collection, both on her website and Targets. And thank you so much for being in the guest chair. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. It was a fun conversation. Yes, it was. All right, guys. And there you have it. Hey guys, thanks for listening to Side Hustle Pro. If you like the show, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts. It helps other side hustlers just like you to find the show. And if you want to hear more from me, you can follow me on Instagram at Side Hustle Pro. Plus, sign up for my six bullet Saturday newsletter at sidehustlepro.co slash newsletter. When you sign up, you will receive weekly nuggets from me, including what I'm up to, personal lessons, and my business tip of the week. Again, that's sidehustlepro.co slash newsletter to sign up. Talk to you soon.